Sorry folks, I usually try to upload on either Sundays or Mondays, but uh, today is just going to be an exception. Hopefully I don't make make it too much of a uh, habit. Again, hello there folks. My name is B. Welcome to the BoomerCast, a podcast where I discuss and go over episodes of cartoon series I grew up with, and then I put it up against what I remember from my childhood. I still also want to open up a conversation with you lovely people who decided to give this a shot and just sort of compare childhoods. Arthur's birthday is so far, I think, Arthur's first and only birthday episode, despite DW having two herself. But we start out with Arthur and Francine on a covert mission to get an invitation to Muffy's mailbox. The good thing is that the construction landscaping ducks are out on the property, so Arthur and Francine have some ways of hiding. After the title card, DW is wondering what Arthur is doing in the living room, and Arthur is filling out his invitations for his birthday party. He's pretty lucky and confident to give out all of his classmates, to give all the invitations to his classmates. I would have yielded some different results. Most of the time, the birthdays were celebrated with the neighborhood kids, and not my classmates. It was more of a competition between my younger sister and one of the neighborhood kids as to who had the better party. The neighbor kid won by a landslide, usually. She'd have a bounce house, cotton candy machines, inflatable mazes, piñatas. There was even a completely different neighbor kid, by the way whose mom rented a hotel room for us to celebrate her party in. DW wants to get in on the invitation writing, and she even brings, and she even brags about inviting everyone, like everyone in the whole world. And I guess she just wants a lot of presents then? Arthur then shows his mom, Jane, that he's finished with his invitations, and after folding up some towels, his mom takes Arthur and DW to the party store for supplies. By the way, I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with Arthur's parents or just by their first names from now on and I might just use first names for when they do something that just makes my brain hamsters go wild. It's at the party store that not only do I remember seeing one of the first Facebook memes about blowing square breaths being from this episode but I also see another Haney joke where Arthur sees a Haney balloon. Arthur looks around the store, even tries out some party horns with his mom, and eventually settles on Bionic Bunny-themed supplies. DW still ends up getting the unicorn plate for herself, however, since the next day she's using it to finish breakfast. And it's at this point I'm guessing that DW's either part-time preschool or she just hasn't entered preschool yet, or maybe it just starts later than Arthur's school. But to get back to the episode, It's after the next day, Arthur goes to school to distribute the invitations. He even gives one to Francine, who is oddly excited about playing spin the bottle at the game at the party. Sorry, she's oddly excited about playing the game spin the bottle at the party. He he goes to give Muffy an invitation, only to find out that Muffy's party is that day as well. Now, this either means that they both share a birthday, or one of their birthdays is actually during the school week, and putting their party on the weekend would just make better sense for people. But either way, the students are now facing a bit of a dilemma. 
Muffy is the rich kid, and she, and she booked a rock band and Pickles the Clown. And she also has just the better place to host a party. Arthur's argument is that he has family from Ohio that's going to be there. I mean, I may be fickle and shallow at that age, but give me the rock band over the Ohio family. That's just my opinion. Again, as told by Ginger had the same concept in that particular birthday episode, and I think it was done in a more relatable way. But again, that's for another discussion. This dilemma forms another rift that we haven't seen since the camp episode, and the boys decide they should go to Arthur's party, while the girls go to Muffy's party. And the only two who disagree are Arthur and Francine, since they think that the party would be more fun with all of the friends. Arthur comes up with an idea and tells Francine this idea while the feud continues at the ice cream shop. I even had to re-watch this part to get the understanding, since... My original take was that Arthur was basically duping all of the girls and Muffy to go to his party instead. And that's basically the plan. At least that's how I'm interpreting it. Francine writes invitations to the girls, since she can imitate Muffy's handwriting. And Arthur writes a letter to Muffy. And then they deliver the invitations, with Muffy being the last. It's then that we come back to the part before the title card, and find out that Arthur managed to not only deliver the letter, but take cover in the grass rolls so he wasn't seen. I'm guessing the next scene is either Friday afternoon or Saturday, because Arthur comes home to the kitchen to see his aunt from Ohio with maple syrup, and his nerdy cousin who's the, who spoiled the surprise of his present. Not sure where this, where the uncle was, the, uh, the dark the darker aardvark that was with her at the, uh, the family reunion. It's again that I'm a little cloudy on when this scene actually is, if it's Friday afternoon or Saturday, uh, because after that, D.W. is chasing Arthur as Arthur's dad, David, answers the door. Buster and Brain come in with their presence, but then we see Prunella, Francine, Sue Ellen, and Binky. Everyone except Francine are surprised that Arthur came up with a plan to throw a surprise party for Muffy. Which, I mean, I kind of see the point. It is more fun with everyone. But Muffy even said that she booked a rock band and a professional clown. Were they just going to do two half parties, one at Arthur's and one at Muffy's? Or did Muffy just call off the clown and the rock band? She clearly can afford them, but what a waste of money in my opinion. Why couldn't Arthur just have had his party on Sunday? Other than church obligations, but he probably could have done a party for at least 3 o'clock on Sunday. Why couldn't Muffy have rescheduled for Sunday? Why did they need to have their party on Saturday? Although, to be fair, I mean, it makes sense to have just one party on one day because, you know, you need Sunday or at least Saturday to sort of rest before school. And I really hate siding with Muffy on this, but if I was her mother and I just burned like 10 grand to get a rock band and a professional clown, I'd make sure that money was well spent. Her dad must be the best car salesman ever or something. Either ways, everyone is okay with Arthur taking over the party, and they decide to celebrate Muffy and Arthur's birthday at Arthur's house. Jane even tells Muffy that they'll celebrate the party at her house next year, which never comes, one and two. Oh, okay then, Jane. 
At Arthur's party, they attempt to bust open a piñata and open presents. The one from Francine is, of course, a bottle, and it's, just, and it's suggested that they play the game. But Francine's plans of kissing a boy are thwarted because the bottle lands on Pal, and he is just all over Francine. And we end the episode with Arthur's dad in the backyard taking the chainsaw, taking a chainsaw to the piñata. For context, some of those piñatas were just made of like Kevlar or unobtainium plate. So, good luck there, buddy, with getting that one open. Francine Frensky Superstar is another Francine-centric episode where, in the beginning, Francine is always in the harder roles for the school play. Like the tree that George Washington cuts down, Isaac Newton, and a symbol. They aren't exactly hard as in harder to sort of um, rehearse or memorize. They're just physically taxing, apparently. And after the title card, Arthur's class is subjected to another math quiz, and Arthur sees the other class across the courtyard enjoying a snack instead. Radburn then takes up the quizzes and asks the class for suggestions on the school play. Funnily enough, though, Sue Ellen tries to come up with a pretty scary and awesome play that at first Binky didn't want to do because he thought that she'd come up with something girly. Brain even offers to make rocket fuel for his suggestion of a play. But those two suggestions are a bit complicated, so Rappern suggests a play on Thomas Edison. And we get that awkward conversation that I thought kids these days would be having if Rappern asked what, Thomas, what exactly Thomas Edison invented. I mean, these kids use telephones, so they don't have too many excuses, of course, but that's just my opinion. These kids also have the hardest teacher, so I'm not sure why Thomas Edison hasn't been on the chalkboard yet. So the awkward conversation continues, and Ratburn tells the class some of Thomas Edison's inventions, and he gets the weird looks from his students. Don't worry there, bud. You, you'll get the same looks if you mention it, if you mention a phonograph these days. The students try to get Ratburn to give Francine a good part in the play. Or at least a part where she wouldn't get hurt, and Ratburn listens to them by giving Francine the part of Thomas Edison. Francine is very excited, of course, and she does her due diligence to get as much information on Edison that the library has to offer. She annoys her sister with research on the light bulb. She looks at videos, at video cameras, and takes notes, and looks at a phonograph. She and, oh, sorry, and then Muffy Prunella walk by the hardware store and see Francine looking at a light bulb, so they go in and ask her if she wants to go to the mall with them. And by now, it's definitely apparent that Francine is taking her role very seriously and even insults Muffy's clothing choices. And she practically rips, off, rips the brain's head off with her criticism on Buster's costume. She basically doesn't want the kid to have air holes in his costume and wants to be a light bulb, but bigger. What exactly is she expecting? She knows that the first incandescent lamp was made of glass, right? I know that Brain has access to rocket fuel, but a glass costume seems a bit of a dangerous stretch in my opinion. It's even because of her hardcore research that she was able to confidently correct Ratburn on the proper word choice for the incandescent lamp. Francine continues to yell at her peers at practice, and she even yells at Mr. Radburn as well about sprocket holes. 
geez, this kid isn't on Broadway. This is elementary school. Why is she so picky? Needless to say, her friends, or or at least her classmates at this point, have had it. And they devise a plan to sabotage the play on their own, but not after trying to talk to her first. Of course, she won't have it, because she thinks it's her play. And because of that, the dress rehearsal for the kindergarten class does not go so well. The phonograph becomes a telephone. Buster squirts Francine with a water bottle from his newly improved light bulb costume, and the kinetoscope shows a train robbery where the train, who is Binky, is robbing the bandits instead. Okay, so maybe the kids went a little too far. I'd have gauged it by seeing if she changed after the first prank, or at least talked to her after the first prank to see if she understands that this isn't her play. Then again, hindsight is twenty-twenty, and I'm looking at this through the eyes of an adult. Well, not, maybe not an adult. A thirty-year-old for sure. Ratburn tries to comfort a sobbing Francine and asks the rest of the class if everything will be fixed by the time the parents come by to see the show. And other student and the other students are willing to stick to their script if Francine is willing to not be so bossy. Francine eventually agrees, and their performance for the parents goes on without a hitch. As far as plays in elementary school goes, I don't remember if my class had them. The closest thing I do remember was a Christmas concert where each grade, or I believe it was a class of each grade, was responsible for singing a certain Christmas song. And I think we either did Jingle Bells or Oh Christmas Tree. I wasn't exactly into the performing part of the theater in a theater class in high school, and was mainly interested in screenwriting and curtain pulling. I was and still am able to do accents, which, for one, are pretty terrible, and two, I kind of want to save them for the cringy reads. And with that, I thank you so much for giving this a listen. If you don't mind, I got a friend on YouTube who's trying to kick her kick cancer butt with her channel. And the link will be in the description as well. And as always, stay cool and stay safe, everybody.